A year later, Kim, I would say that if I knew then what I know now, I would have jumped on this even faster than I did. Because I, the more I learn about the University of Central Florida, the more I learn about the Orlando region, the more excited I become about what's possible here. And I, I think it's more than just what's here, right? I mean, one is, yeah, we have great weather and there's all of these things that, that can attract people here. But this whole region has uh, a culture that anything is possible. Forget about all the assets we have in terms of the industries that are here and everything, but the, the people here believe that, that you can start from essentially nothing and grow into being a leader in something because they've seen it happen in this region. Welcome to Orlando's Own, where every two weeks, Tim Giuliani brings on one of Orlando's top business leaders to share their insights into building in Central Florida with you. 2020 was a year that turned the world on its head, and especially for the higher education industry, they've never seen anything like this. But that didn't stop the largest university in the U.S. from continuing to innovate. From sharing insights into what it took to bring Neo City to life, to learning about what brought him to the city beautiful. This is Orlando's own Dr. Alexander Cartwright. So you started in what's going to be one of the most interesting years in, in history in 2020. I'm sure that brought all sorts of unique opportunities and challenges and a lot of time you needed to focus on keeping people safe. But I, I want to dive in into University of Central Florida, one of the largest uh, by any measure universities in the country. But there's obviously a few areas of expertise that have grown over the years in some sense it's founding. So I'm interested as you look at UCF and you think about specific industries that you really play a key role in and there's a great opportunity going forward, what comes to mind? Tim, when I first came here, of course, you know, I, I, I knew a little bit about the about the university and I knew a little bit about the region too. And obviously it was it was clear that this was started, this institution was started with its focus on the space industry, uh, starting from the early years of we were going to be the suppliers of uh, talent for the space industry and, and in this whole region. And we've continued to do that. And so, yeah, space is obviously one of the top industries that we are, we're involved in and we are, we continue to be a leader in. I had the opportunity to visit Kennedy Space Center, and I was just blown away from all, by all the things that are going on there. Uh, yeah. Also, the fact that over 25% of the employees there are UCF grads. That, to me, is just it's amazing. a remarkable, remarkable thing. It says a lot about this institution and what we've done for, for, for the region. But then you add to that, right, the uh, Rosen College of Hospitality Management. It's now easily, you know, top five in the world or some of the latest rankings are number one in the, in the country and, and number two in the world. This again reflects on, on, on an area that this region is particularly strong in uh, hospitality uh, management. And, and that fits with what we do here at UCF, but it goes beyond that, right? Around the corner from where I am is modeling and simulation industry that is billions of dollars. That again adds to the reputation of, of UCF, but also the whole region for what we can do in modeling simulation. UCF is a place that is always going to be here for the entire Orlando and Central Florida region. And we want to continue to be an institution that is aligned with the needs of our community. 
let's go into one industry that um, is maybe too close to your heart for, for you to list in the initial set, and it's the industry you spent the most time in, call it optics and photonics. So when you first got here, there was a, a project, an investment, and a commitment that UCF had been a part of, and that has to do with um, what's become known as Neo City in Osceola County, really focused on semiconductor industry. And you came in at a, at a pivotal point where the vision was, was dragging on a bit, is a, is a way to put it. And, and now we're looking at a point where we have Skywater, who recently went public. It is a, the only U.S.-based, uh, U.S.-funded uh, foundry. Yeah. So it's a big deal in this conversation about how the U.S. is going to improve its semiconductor supply chain. Yeah. It's super important to our national, national defense. Yes. And I want to get into a little bit about you played a really pivotal role very early in coming to Orlando. And I don't think the deal gets done without your leadership. So t tell us why this deal was so important for UCF and for the community. Whenever you think about the role of a university, you, you want to make sure that not just a university, actually any, any company uh, or a university, you always want to emphasize your strengths and you want to be doing the things that you're best in and strongest in. And, you know, we're an institution that is exceptional in our ability to do research and development at the early stages. And uh, then what we need are partners, people who can help us to take it well beyond that, to take those innovations and then translate them into something that is more applicable in, in, in the consumer market. And I'm a big believer that you have to get the right team in place. And when I looked at what we had in Osceola County, Neo City, we had a lot of pieces that made a lot of sense for things we were trying to do. Uh, but you know we were we probably were missing some of the the, the key things that are going to take us to that next level. Um, and quite frankly, you have to know where your strengths are and understand that you know a university is not built to be running a manufacturing uh, center, and that, that that's just the way it is. And so we were fortunate because we had great partners, everybody in Osceola County uh, coming together and. You know, having some help, we had, uh, of course, uh, Ron Piccolo from our team that did just an outstanding job with bringing people together and talking to everybody. And then I think uh, our, our ability to reach out to others around the country and have them recognize the opportunity that's here within Central Florida. And I think when Skywater looked at it and you know, other companies that might be interested in that, they saw an opportunity within a major metropolitan area, close to Orlando, close to airport, everything is right where you need it to be, to be able to partner worldwide and and really be able to deliver on 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 their mission, which is of course to to think about how do they work with DOD on contracts, how do they be a trusted uh, foundry. Uh, to to allow us to compete on the national scale and really it's about uh, international scale and really it's about us also ensuring that we have the appropriate foundries in this country for national security 
uh, and that we're able to produce the products and things that we need to be producing in a, in a way, not just, you know, for military partners, but also uh, commercial partners. So I, I think what it was is the biggest part that I would say that I probably played in it is, is, is just realizing what we are good at and wanting to find the partners that are going to help us to be exceptional. It's important that I never feel like, you know, we, we, we need to be the lead in everything that happens. The, the lead needs to be the entity that makes the most sense that'll drive economic prosperity for this region. That's who should lead. And I think Skywater is just, I'm so happy we were able to work all of that out and get them there because I think they're the, they're the perfect entity for, for leading that effort. Give those that are listening a little glimpse into where you think where this could lead. So, I mean, the immediate ones you can think about are all the, you know, if you, you, you listen to a lot of the language out there right now, it's around trusted foundries, it's around the ability for us to manufacture important uh, chips uh, on U.S. soil, right? And being able to control everything about the production of those chips so that you start from a design that may be a new chip for some particular application, but we know exactly what's in it. We know what the hardware components are. We know everything about it. I, I think the partnership there is with all of the efforts that might be going on in the Department of Defense. Uh, I think there's a lot of contracts, Air Force, Army, others that, that really play an important role in, in our homeland security. But we also have applications in the development of sensors, for example, right? You can envision that Skywater may, and I don't know if they'll do this, but they can go down a path of thinking about how do we uh, put a bunch of sensors on a chip, right? And how can that then be used in any particular application, whether it's biomedical in detecting something on our bodies or whether it's uh, detecting the presence of certain chemicals, or you can, you can, you can think a lot about things like artificial noses, right? Uh, smelling and recognizing chemicals. So yeah. uh, artificial vision, which is also interesting because we've all seen all the things that can happen with video, but there's a lot of things you can do too, that are very specific to how certain vision works. So there's, there's all of these new developments that can happen when you have a, the ability to go from a concept from an idea that I might think of, you know, when I'm home and outside and, but now I want to be able to turn that into a device, turn that into something that I can then plug in uh, and use on my iPhone or use somewhere else. Right. They have that ability. You, you now can see a way to go all the way to where you have devices that can be used in a number of different applications. And so I, I don't know exactly, you know, where we'll end up, but, being able to have the fabrication on site to all the way to the advanced packaging means you can really produce products that are built at the nanoscale, but then have applications in our everyday life. The other big advantage is that whenever you start having a manufacturing site like that, you build up, and you know this better than I do, you build up a supply chain. Uh, around that, right? And as that continues to grow, you grow ancillary industries that support that. And so you can envision a, 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 an opportunity here where we start developing certain products, certain chips, and as 
those continue to become more and more popular and 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 more necessary and and there's the, the drives up the demand for it then you have to actually drive up the demand for all the supply uh, around it and that's going to bring in additional partners that that want to work with skywater and i think we're going to see that over time we'll see others who want to partner with skywater coming in yeah the part of the upside here there's there's two important elements for those that haven't been out to the site I mean, at this point, you basically have a two hundred million dollar um, yeah. facility, yeah. so it's it's very high end. Um, yeah. And you're talking about uh, it's sitting in the middle of five hundred acres. Yes, that Orange, that Osceola County owns. Yeah. And so, when you think about the future and the opportunities, that five hundred acres is key because you have room uh, for all of this, and they're master planning it, and they're actually out there right now. I'm sure there's there's trucks moving dirt, putting in roads, pipes. Yeah. Yes. Um, power. Uh, the, at the other, um, that's one important data point. I think the other is that when you look at this, this sort of semiconductor space and the, and you look in the U.S. where we're really focused, you know, just two or three weeks ago, President Biden hosted 19 CEOs from semiconductor companies, and one of them was Skywater, talking about the shortage and the opportunity. And then, you know, bills that were done last year, the defense reauthorization bill included billions of dollars uh, for chips. Yep. And you look at that and you realize that there's, I think, only 17 states in the country that have any semiconductor industry at all. Yeah. And so we're sitting here in Florida, the fast, you know, in fastest growing states, the fastest growing part of that state with this land and this facility that's been invested in locally. And it is just, it's prime for so much activity, but yeah, there's a backstory that I wanted people to hear that of how we get there, and it's, you know, leadership, whether it's Osceola County or we're talking about UCF, really sticking their necks out to make sure it gets done. Yeah, and if we could just press stop on your economic development impacts on the region, you already get the award. So now, you know, now we get to move to your second year at UCF, and we're we're excited. You know, the other thing I'd add to that, Tim, is that when you looked at how many of those. Uh, Facilities, I think you said 17 states? I think there's 17 states in play. How many states are there out there that have the intellectual capacity that you see here in Florida? Right. UCF right here, of course, right next to Osceola County. But right down the street is University of South Florida. Right to the north is the University of Florida. If you bring that together, there are not many states that can couple the the facility to be able to do it along with having such incredible intellectual capacity in three institutions that are some of the best in the country. That's yeah. a rare combination. A absolutely. And um, another example of that, you know, staying in this um, this overall optics and photonics space, you know, we just celebrated the the relocation of a headquarters for Ocean Insight that makes spectrometers so this optics and photonics, I think it's, you know, always something I'm learning more about, maybe nebulous to others, but give us an insight. What do people need to know about this industry and what's happening here and what makes us special when it comes to this technology that just has almost unlimited uses? So I remember, of course, uh, I remember when Ocean Insights was Ocean Optics. What was remarkable is... We always knew that if you could look at what we call the spectral signatures, for example, I'm going to talk specifically what they do. You look at the spectral signatures of 
certain chemicals, you could identify them, right? Well, the problem really was originally that these spectrometers were massive. They, they were huge. Uh, and I mean, relatively huge. And what they did, which was a huge breakthrough, was to scale that down to something that is handheld and movable. And now you can, you can envision putting it everywhere, right? And so that simple scaling of, of, of an optical instrument then made people start thinking about what other types of instruments could we make smaller? What else could we use them for? How could we take something as complicated as LIDAR and turn that into a way to actually maybe look at autonomous vehicles, right? With Luminar, which is right here in, in, in our research park. I think you're seeing a revolution that people dreamed of many years ago, but that we're finally getting to the point where you can build all of these technologies into commercial products that are, are, are really robust enough that anybody can use them. And it's great to see something that I started doing my research you know, many years ago now, and it would have been hard to believe at that time that you could convert some of that technology into something that you could put anywhere and use in any type of industrial environment. And you could use it for imaging people and you could use it for all of these treatments that you could take something. And now everybody, you know, many people go and have LASIKs done on their eyes and they think nothing of it because we've now automated it all. But those were huge breakthroughs to be able to figure out how to do that. And I think it's through research that's happening at places like Creole here at UCF. And so I'm just proud that I'm able to be at an institution that values something certainly that's near and dear to my heart, but it's beyond that. It values what's possible in the future. We take for granted nowadays the vibrancy of blue LEDs. They didn't exist when I started in optics and photonics. And now we just like, yeah, hey, it's there. It just happens. Um, right. But they didn't exist and people developed them. And that just shows how rapidly things are changing. And I, I honestly believe we're just at the beginning of even additional applications in optics and photonics that we haven't envisioned because the rate of change is so fast that we're going to continue to have to keep trying to catch up on how we would use it. Yeah, I'm thinking of other times in our, in our history where there's been technology breakthroughs and, and new things have, have come online in a commercial way we're seeing so much activity in this space. If nothing else, I hope, you know, listening to this might have people Googling optics and photonics and seeing a little bit more that they might not have known. And now the second part, I want to get into why Orlando a little bit. Yeah. And it ties because we always say, you know, welcome to the Orlando you only thought you knew. And I can say that now to you because you're yeah. here a year. I get it now. And now you get it. Now you get the punchline. So go back a year you know, not only was COVID hitting, but you were considering this opportunity. And so why, or why Orlando for you? What, what brought you here? A year later, Tim, I would say that if I knew then what I know now, I would have jumped on this even faster than I did. Because I, the more I learn about the University of Central Florida, the more I learn about the Orlando region, the more excited I become about what's possible here. And I, I think it's more than just what's here, right? I mean, one is, yeah, we have great weather and there's all of these things that, that can attract people here. But this whole region has uh, a culture that anything is possible. 
forget about all the assets we have in terms of the industries that are here and everything, but the, the people here believe that, that you can start from essentially nothing and grow into being a leader in something because they've seen it happen in this region. When I came, when I was first looking at this, I didn't know that, right? What I knew was I knew of Creole because I was in optics and photonics. I knew sort of that it was an institution that had grown a lot. I had a little flavor of central Florida and how much it grew because of the uh, hospitality industries here. And so when I first started looking, I wasn't sure if this was the right thing to do. But then as I started learning more, I was like, wait, you have, you have how many engineering students, right? 12,000. I'm like, well, wait a second, where, where are they going? Right. And then I find out that it's, you know, we, we supply the highest number of, of aerospace engineers in the country. Right. And then you start learning about the space coast. Then you start learning about the connection of this when it was FTU. And then you just, the more you learn, the more you want to understand, well, how did we get to this point? Right. That we have, you know, over 10,000 science majors. We have a lot of business majors. And then you start to become really fascinated with this institution. And then I saw how many transfer students we had. And that in itself, the fact that we had so many transfer students made me recognize that this is an institution that this is, this is an institution that is partnering with people in the region. And it clearly is a region that isn't so much competing with each other in every way that everywhere that they turn, but rather is thinking about how do we grow together? That's special. When I saw that, when I saw what was happening in the number of students we had and where they were in the institution, I started to think maybe maybe this makes a lot of sense for an engineer uh, to to potentially be a president of a of such an amazing place and in so many ways looks like the future of America and uh, this whole area does. And I got really interested in the potential of this institution that we've done so much here, but I don't think, I know we have not reached our maximum potential. So that's what was exciting to me is I think we can get, we can do even more um, in a different way. It doesn't mean we're going to get really bigger or anything else. It means we're going to just continue to do more and have a bigger impact on society and make it clear to people why everybody would want to be a part of UCF and be a and, and live in Central Florida. Well, we're going to play this for everyone that's sitting in New York, sitting in New Jersey, maybe Missouri even, yes. um, how dare we. But at, I want you to also think about the, um, you know, why Orlando yeah. for students? You know, my provost said something uh, a number of weeks ago now, and I, I thought it was so interesting and in that he said, that, you know, when the land-grant universities were formed, they were formed around the economic epicenters at the time. They were formed around agriculture. Farming, yeah. Right? And that was, that's what the economic engines were at the time. Fast forward to today, and we're at a time when it is about knowledge and it is about what you can get the right talent and uh, bring them together. And the epicenters of economic growth are your metropolitan regions. And Orlando has all of that, right? We're this fabulous metropolitan region that's a great quality of life. You have industries that 
our students are able to immediately, whilst they're here, while they're here as students, participate if they want to in different companies and have opportunities to work with those companies. They get to learn from other people. They can connect with our alums in the region. They can be mentored by people. It's easier to go and shadow people all over the place. And if you're a student coming here and you're not sure exactly what you want to do, it's just right around the corner to look and see what people do for those jobs. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's a huge advantage. So it's this economic driver being in a metropolitan region, having access to others uh, at, uh, you know, at companies that you could learn from having access to companies where you can work and learn being part of an institution that understands and values the partnerships with industry. And we want to make sure that you leave UCF ready to contribute it wherever you go as a job, right? And that we want to ensure that you're ready to be able to be there and to contribute and help our industry partners, which means we're willing to work with industry partners, right? We want them to be here. We want to, I talk about this all the time is that I don't want students to ever feel that with this isolated place that they're not able to interact with industry and interact with us. We want to be part of the community and we want them to feel like they can always interact with with industry when they're here at UCF. I think that just adds to the educational experience and allows them to be even better versions of themselves that they could ever have envisioned. That's what's special about being in a metropolitan area. And that's why you hear me talk a lot about the fact that UCF has the potential to be the best metropolitan research university in the country. Thank you for tuning into Orlando's Own, and in our goal of achieving broad-based prosperity, we're looking to turn this show into Orlando's biggest podcast. And the number one way that you can help us get there is by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. We've just launched this show, and our goal is to get to 25 reviews by the end of March. And these only take 30 seconds, but it helps others find our show. Make sure to come back in a couple of weeks because you won't want to miss who Tim talks to next on Orlando's Own. Orlando's Own is produced by the Orlando Economic Partnership, a public, private, not-for-profit economic and community development organization that works to advance broad-based prosperity by strengthening Orlando's economy, amplifying Orlando's story, championing regional priorities, empowering community leaders, and building a brilliant region.